How many is glad to be in God's house? Well, we have a dream to destiny update. And uh, I know we haven't been given these as frequently recently, but uh, giving, total given, $2,081,030. Uh, $81, that is 77% of our miracle goal. Come on, somebody praise God for that. And so uh, thank you, thank you for your consistent giving. We've got about another uh, year and a half left of Dream to Destiny, and then we're gonna transition that uh, into some other things that we'll keep you informed of. And also we're looking at uh, probably August, September for the groundbreaking of the Student Center. How many is excited for that? And so we're... Uh, just dotting the I's, crossing the T's on that. We got some exciting things uh, coming down the pike. And so how, who, who's ready? Woo! Who's ready for greater things, greater facilities, greater parking lots? And how about these new projectors? Aren't they sharp? Let's praise God for our new projectors. <clears throat> all of that, all of that is through your giving. They don't magically show up. I know it's shocking. The projector company just doesn't say there's a church that needs projectors. Let's just give it to them for free. Uh, it takes money, and that is through your sacrifice, uh, sacrificial and faithful giving. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's, we're looking forward to great things. All right. Also, yes, you're invited to my house. If you are a young adult, I am not going to put age restrictions on that. You will have to Google that yourself. But if you are a young adult, you're welcome at our house tonight. If you need directions, come see me after church. All right, who's enjoyed the series We Pray? It's been good, hope it's strengthened you. We're gonna finish it uh, today. And just to give you a heads up, we're gonna do This Is My Story again. Uh, starting next week, we got a great lineup of speakers and uh, I think you're really gonna be blown away by the speakers we have coming, and so get ready for that. <clears throat> but we pray. How many knows we're a church that prays? And if you're a guest here today, first of all, welcome home. But we wanna let you know, we don't apologize for stopping our service to pray for the sick, to pray for anybody who's in desperate need of prayer because Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. prayer. Not just singing songs, not even just preaching, but it's a place where people and God connect. And so that is the purpose of that. And today I wanna talk about, uh, and we'll finish this series talking about a weapon we have at our disposal in prayer. And it's a powerful weapon. And <clears throat> If you are a first-time guest today, I just wanna let you know we are gonna throw you in the deep end of the pool right away. And so just get ready, put on your life jacket. There'll be lifeguards around to help you if it gets a little heavy, but just hang with us, all right? And I wanna talk today about praying in our prayer language, praying in our prayer language. Some people use the uh, term speaking in tongues. There's nothing wrong with that term. Um, 
but really when you, when you look at um, the biblical idea, people are speaking in languages. And sometimes when people use the term tongues, they disconnect it from what is actually happening is that you are, spirit, you are speaking a spiritual language when you speak in tongues. And that is a personal prayer language that God has for every believer. And we see that this first occurs on the birthday of the church in Acts chapter two. We won't go through all that today, but when the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church, they spoke in other languages. They spoke in, the believers spoke in languages that they previously did not know. The Holy Spirit, it says, gave them the utterance. And they spoke these languages and other people heard them speaking these languages and they were glorifying and magnifying God. And we see throughout all the book of Acts when God fills us with his spirit, the most common sign is that we speak in a spiritual language. Is everybody still with me? And so this gift is for everybody. And I wanna just right off the bat, try to dispel any confusion. There's the grace of tongues, which is, I believe, for everybody to experience. And that means that it is a personal, private prayer language that God gives us that is most often associated with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then there is the gift of tongues. And the gift of tongues is, there are certain people who are enabled to give a public tongue and that is for a special occasion which is interpreted, okay? Today, I wanna really focus on the grace of tongues and really try to convince you if you're skeptical that this gift is for you. It's for Pentecostals. It's for Baptists. It's for Methodists. This, this isn't a Pentecostal thing, right? Nowhere in scripture do you see that. Nowhere in scripture you see, well, there'll be this certain sect of my followers, Jesus never says there'll be a certain sect of my followers and they'll do this. No, he, he says it's for believers. Anybody here a believer? All right, so let's get into this. Why speak in tongues? Why did God choose tongues? Well, short answer, in the Bible, in the book of Genesis, people rebelled against God in the Tower of Babel. And if you know the story, and if you don't know the story, God had told the people to spread out amongst the face of the earth. They refused to do so. They come together and they build this huge tower, basically in rebellion to God. And it's there that we see the appearance of languages. God confuses their languages and they're forced to scatter across the earth. Now I want you to fast forward thousands of years later in Acts chapter two on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the church, what is that manifestation? They are all speaking, they're speaking different languages but they're speaking a common spiritual language. Amen. What does that show? That, that God brings unity where there was disunity. Amen. And also our, our tongue, how many knows our tongue is one of the most unruly members of our body? And so when, when the Holy Spirit has full control of us, it's no accident that he uses our vocal cords and our tongue 
And I wanna give you some practical reasons why, why to speak in tongues. Why, why do I incorporate this as a part of my prayer life? And uh, why, why do I do this? Do I do this just because I'm Pentecostal? No. I do this because it helps me. It brings me closer to Jesus. How many knows that we don't worship tongues? And I think some people can get so focused on this that they, they lose the point. And that the point is what? Fellowship with Jesus. Amen. Connection with Jesus. Tongues are merely a sign of that connection. Do you have me? And so the first thing I wanna give us today is that our prayer language brings us a joyful connection to God. When we speak in our prayer language, it gives us a joyful connection with God. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And before I, I give this scripture, sometime read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 14 and Paul's contrasting the public use of tongues and the public use of what he says, prophecy. And some people have used this chapter to minimize the importance of tongues. And basically what Paul is doing, he's putting par parameters on our use of tongues. How many knows if we all came in here today and we all spoke in tongues for the hour and a half we were here, nobody would be edified. Especially an unbeliever, they, it would be confusion. Nobody would know what was going on. And so in this chapter, he says, don't come together and just speak in tongues in each other's faces. And he's like, that's not helping anyone, especially the unbeliever. So I just give you that to give you context. But in verse two, he says, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. And so when I speak in my prayer language, I'm directly communicating to God. And we see that in, in the book of Acts, especially that when people practiced this, the hearers on the day of Pentecost, there were people there hearing people speak in that spiritual language that they were speaking, but it was a literal language. And so there was Greeks that were there who were hearing people speak perfect Greek. And that is because they were hearing what was a foreign language to the speaker, but was a natural language to them. And when they heard what they were saying in those natural languages, they were glorifying and magnifying God. Where am I going with this? Well, here's what we have to, when we enter to this discussion, I think Western Christianity, we, we have become uh, so rational and we've reduced God to a science. And we've reduced God to, you know, if you can just study these scriptures and if you can dissect them and you can come up with a scientific explanation for what they're trying to say, then theoretically you can understand God. How many knows that God does not work like that? You cannot put God in a lab he laughs at your cute theories. Now, I'm, I'm all for high theology. We need to have good theology. And I, I wanna say sometimes in Pentecostalism, we get so into the emotional that we forget about the rational. We need, God moves through rationalism. But they work together. And sometimes the spiritual will not make sense in your rational mind. You cannot reduce 
the ways and the means of God through your rational mind. You know what we have to do? We have to open up our spirit to the things of God. Come on, is anybody with me today? We've got to open up our spirit. You know why? Because our minds are sinful. Our minds are full of rebellion. Our minds are full of pride. And if you're going to enter into fellowship with God, you've got to put your rational understanding of God in humility to his spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.14, this is so important. The Apostle Paul says this, but the natural man does not receive the things of God. What, 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 what does that mean? Your natural mind cannot receive the things of God, for they are foolishness to him. Or some people would walk in this environment and they would say, that's crazy. Why? Because the natural mind cannot perceive the things of God. Nor can he know them because what? They're spiritually discerned. You've got to open up your spirit to the things of God. Yet, no, we're not going to turn our mind off. We're not going to do that. But we're going to keep our mind on and our spirits open. Does anybody have your spirit open to what God wants to do today? And so a, a spiritual realm exists where God speaks to the spirit. Where God ministers to our spirit. And we offer up ourselves to him in brokenness and humility. And it's then that God can move inside of us. When we try, stop trying to figure God out all on our own, and we just say, God, I'm open to whatever you want to do. Is anybody open today whatever God wants to do? God, I'm open to whatever you want to do in my life. It, if it breaks apart my preconceived notions, you see, if, if God's gonna move in your life, there's some preconceived notions that are gonna have to go for all of us. I don't care if you're Pentecostal, Baptist, Catholic, whatever. There's preconceived notions where God says, I'm bigger than that. And you can't contain it. And so in the book of Acts, we see that when people speak these other languages, when they speak in their prayer language, it often takes place after they hear the message of salvation. And what it is oftentimes speaking in other languages an expression of joy. And I wanna tell you, if you wanna receive this gift, you need to have an expression of joy for what Jesus has done for you. Is anybody thankful for the gospel? Is anybody thankful for Jesus? Anybody thankful that your sins have been washed away? If you're gonna receive this gift, you have to open up your spirit to the joy that comes that only Jesus will give. You're not gonna get this with dead, dry religion. Because it goes far beyond. I love what 1 Peter 1 says. The apostle Peter says, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found in praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. He's saying, all the stuff you're going through right now, it's it's making you tough, and your faith, it's like gold that doesn't perish. Why? Because this can be worth it all when Jesus appears. Next verse, it says, whom you have not seen, you love, and whom you now, uh, you see him not, you believe. You rejoice with what? Joy, everybody say joy unspeakable, joy unspeakable. and full of glory. Yeah. That's what it 
as a picture when we are in our prayer languages. Now, I know some of us, like when we speak in tongues, it's like spiritual warfare and it's like a warfare language. And that's okay, there's a time for that. But when you speak in your prayer language, it needs to be joyful. Why? Because your spirit is expressing something that's inexpressible. That human words are not adequate to describe this Jesus. Human words cannot describe what happens when you come to an altar and you repent and he hears your prayer. Human words are not adequate to describe what happens in the waters of baptism when your sins are washed away, never to be brought up again. Human words are not expressible or not adequate to express this gospel. Come on, if somebody today have the joy of the Lord in your heart. I wish somebody would stand right now and lift up your hands. And if you want to speak that heavenly language of, of joy to him right now, we thank you, Jesus, that you delivered us from darkness into light. I've got the joy of the Holy Spirit, joy unspeakable, full of glory. So first of all, it's an expression of a joyful connection to God. Number two, our prayer language releases spiritual understanding. Amen. Releases spiritual understanding. The second half of that verse too, 1 Corinthians 14 says, for he who speaks in the tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. What's that mean? That, that means when you get to praying in the spirit, there's a spiritual connection with you and God and there are things happening that you can never do on your own. You're speaking out the will of God. You're praying through the spirit of God. And that's because the Holy Spirit prays through us when we don't even know how. Let me tell you, there's gonna come some times in your life where you're not gonna know how to pray. Your human words aren't gonna be adequate. Romans chapter eight, verse 26 says this, says likewise, the spirit also helps our infirmities for we, know not, we not know how we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according what to the will of God. When we pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit starts to pray through us. And there, maybe there's situations in your family that you don't even know about and the Holy Spirit's already praying for it through you, through your personal prayer language. Why? Because our human minds are limited to understand even the spiritual things that are happening around us. And that's why we need to pray in the Spirit. I'm convinced a person can be led of the Spirit to pray in his native language. There's a time where for most of us in this room, we need to pray in English. There's a time for that. Paul said in a few verses down in verse 14, he says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. He's saying, when I pray in a tongue, I'm not filtering it through my mind. It's, it's just going directly from my spirit to God. He says, so what, what will I do? In other words, he's saying, do I have a choice here? He's 
going to answer. He says, yes, I have a choice. He says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. There, there are certain situations where I know how to pray. Lord, help so-and-so find a job. Lord, help my son come back to you, right? There, there are things that we know how to pray. And there, I wanna tell you, there's times you need to pray in your native language. I think sometimes if we're not careful, we can become lazy and just resort to the spirit when God's saying, I wanna hear directly from your mind. You need to pray what you know. But he also says, I'm gonna pray with my mind and I will also, what, pray in the spirit. That you can make a choice. I'm gonna lean in to the things and the spirit of God during this prayer time. And there are, there are other occasions where we just, we need to pray in the spirit as the spirit gives utterance. Why? Because there's something happening that maybe we don't even know about. There's something happening in our family where we don't know the details. How many has ever had an unction and sometimes we call it a burden to pray for somebody. And I wanna tell you, when you have those unctions, when you have those feelings, that's where you need to go to your prayer closet and pray in the spirit. Why? Because God maybe gave you the name, but he didn't give you all the details. And when you pray in the spirit, the Holy Spirit will provide the details. Oh, is this too deep today? This is the kind of prayer that will change things. So to, to pray in the Spirit, when we talk about praying in the Spirit, it's not just limited to speaking in tongues. Here's what happens when I pray in the Spirit. I lose touch with what I want, with my wishes, with my agenda. And I'm immersed in God's will and his power. And as I let him have his way, I begin to speak in my prayer language with fervency and expectancy. And then I've, I often finish that time with a time of praise and worship in my native language for what God just did. And here, here's what the, the crux of all this. When you pray in the spirit, you gotta believe in faith. Something's happening. Something's changing. I don't understand what's happening right now, but I can feel it inside that something powerful is taking place. John 16, Jesus said this. He said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. You need the Holy Spirit to work through you in every way for you to understand what the will of God is, for you to understand how to pray, for you to understand his word. Here, here's the, the illustration I wanna give. After you are filled with the Holy Spirit, it's like reading the Bible, you go from black and white to color. The Holy Ghost will begin to pour things off of that page and magnify and things jump out. Things begin to give direction, why? Because the Holy Spirit gives us revelation. It says we speak mysteries. The supernatural becomes a part of our life. And so when we open our inner man to the spirit of God, scriptures come alive to us. If you want to have God speak to you, I would ask that you pray in the spirit. 
If you wanna understand the word of, the God, word of the Lord better, pray in the spirit. You know why? Because now we're not looking at that page of our Bible through just an intellectual lens. Our spirit yeah. is alive to the things of God. Yeah. And we see this in the life of the Apostle Paul. Do you know the Apostle Paul did not have an explanation of the gospel to him? And he says this. God changes his life. He knew the Old Testament inside and out because he was a scholar. But after he was filled with the Holy Ghost, he had no connection with other apostles, but it was the Holy Spirit that explained the gospel to him. Why? Because he was so filled with the Spirit of God, and it ha part of that happened, I believe, through his pow uh, powerful personal prayer language. And I, I can just tell you anecdotally, and I can tell you uh, with other people in this room, when they were filled with the Spirit of God, they had a hunger for the Word of God, and the Word of God was revealed to them, not just through natural means, but through supernatural means. Does anybody want to know God more this morning? Would anybody want to have a closer revelation? What I'm saying today is the Holy Spirit will not give you new truth that's not in his word, but he will make that truth come alive. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is the author. Point number three, our prayer language does this. It releases power and strength. How many have walked into that prayer closet, feeling weak and discouraged. And you spent a little time with Jesus and maybe you prayed in your native language, but then you shifted into your spiritual heavenly language. And you walk out of that prayer closet filled with power, filled with strength, filled with authority. And I'm gonna show you why that happens in verse four Chapter 14, Paul says this, the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, a lot of anti-tongues people will look at that scripture and they'll say, see, Paul is saying it's not really important because it builds up the individual. Whereas prophecy, prophecy is what I'm doing right now where I'm exhorting everybody in a natural language. Well, they're missing the point. Paul isn't saying one is better than the other. He's saying you need both. You know why? The church is made up of individuals. And he says the one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself. If you're on a football team and you go lift weights by yourself, that's not being selfish. Why? That offensive line that you're a part of needs you to be strong for the team. And so... What Paul is saying, again, the context is, is what we do in church. He's saying, don't come to church and just speak in tongues the whole time because that's selfish. You're just building yourself up. When you're at church, prophesy, encourage other people, talk in a language that they can understand. But he's saying this, in your personal, private prayer time, lift away. Build yourself up. I don't know about you, but I need all the building up I can get. And so this... Verse is not delineating tongues, it's actually encouraging the use of it because he says it builds up. We edify ourselves when we pray. 
in the Spirit. Our inner man is strengthened when we pray in the Spirit. Some believe that this is not for today, and here's what I wanna tell you. This is for today, why? Because why would God not want his church to be strong? Somebody's talking over here. Why would God not want his church to be strong? I wanna tell you, if God would want me to edify myself, I believe he would want you to edify yourself. I believe that it's the will of God for every person to be as strong as we can possibly be. Because why? The church is made up of individuals and if all through the week we were all connected to God in our prayer language, how powerful would this place be on Sunday morning? And that would enable us. And here's what I wanna show you, that when you pray in the spirit, it enables your other spiritual gifts. Matter of fact, a lot of scholars believe what Paul was saying in chapter 14 is, I want you to pray in the spirit. And the reason I want you to pray in the spirit is so that you can prophesy publicly. When we pray in the spirit, that increases the use of our other gifts. Why, because it gives us boldness to prophesy, to lay hands on the sick. Come on, does anybody want that in your life? Does anybody need more boldness? I, I don't know about you, I need more boldness. Jude gives us some insight to the power of this practice. He says, but you, beloved, build yourselves up. Everybody say, build yourselves up. And your most holy faith and praying and the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. He connects praying in the Spirit with what? Building up your most holy faith. I really believe this, that when we pray in the Spirit, it strengthens your faith. Why? Faith isn't just up here, it's also here. And we can believe in God in theory up here and live our life faithless here. That's why Jesus called a perverse generation. So when we begin to pray in the spirit, my faith is increased, that's why we, we can go to these prayer meetings, we can have our personal prayer time, and I don't know about you, but I walk out of that, my faith is increased. And we've got to build up our faith. You know, you know what I think Jesus is most concerned about of his church right now is a loss of faith. What, why do miracles tend to happen in spirit-filled environments? Because there's great faith. Why is there great faith? Because there are people that are practicing this in their life. That's why I, I can't just walk up to somebody on a Sunday morning and if I've been prayerless, lay hands on them and expect them to be healed. If you're here today and you came down to be prayed for and you felt something, that's because there were some people in this church, they've been building themselves up all week in prayer. They've been waiting for you to come. We just didn't walk into here today and, and say, well, well, let's whip up a prayer. Let's try to have, a, no, no. We've had faith all week that God is gonna heal somebody on Sunday. Somebody's gonna have their life changed. Some of us have been praying and seeking for you to come. He says what? Build up your faith through praying in the Spirit and what? The love of God. The previous chapter in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 was often called the love chapter. 
Paul says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm like a, the sound of a gong. In other words, you're, it's an annoying sound. And we, we need to remember, when we pray in the Spirit, that should increase my love for people and for God. The purpose of the Spirit is not praying in Spirit, it's not just so we're weirder than everybody else or more mysterious. No, it has practical implications. It helps us live out this Christian message. And then he says, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praying in tongues helps me remain patient for the appearance of my Savior. Why? Because when we pray in tongues, we're connecting with him directly. And I have a concern. I think some of us have let this gift slip from our life. And it's a progression. And if we lose this practice, we're gonna lose faith. We're gonna lose faith for miracles. We're gonna lose faith for great things to happen among us. We're gonna lose faith that we can lay hands on the sick and they can recover. We're gonna lose our love for one another. And we're gonna lose our patience. What does that look like? We become worldly. The less we become patient with God, we drift towards the world. And when we, we do this, it's not just, we're, I'm gonna keep beating this dead horse. We don't do this just because we're Pentecostal. We do this because it is all about fellowship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. It brings us closer to Jesus. And so this gift has fruits. When we pray in the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit should manifest in our life. Joy comes alive. As we mentioned earlier, love comes alive. Grace comes alive. Miracles come alive. Healing comes alive. Before I come out here, I, I try to pray in the Spirit. Why? Because if I'm gonna speak in English to you, my spirit better be connected to God. Oh, that our, our praise team would pray in the spirit all week so that when they sing unto the Lord, it would be anointed and filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We, you wanna be anointed by God, you've got to have this part of prayer. Praying in your prayer language has to be a central part of what we do. Oh, that we would have Sunday school teachers and singers pastors and leaders and youth leaders and doorkeepers and whoever else who are filled with the Spirit of God, anointing running over. Why? Because we want God to use not just in that gift, but all of the gifts. Paul said, earnestly desire all of the gifts. How many wants all the gifts that God has for you? God, I want you to use me. Lord, however you want to use me. Number four, it releases a new dimension of worship. 1 Corinthians 14, 15, Paul says, well, what do I do? Well, I'll pray in the Spirit and I'll also pray in English when I need to. But then look how he finishes that. He says, I will sing in the Spirit and I will sing in my mind also. What's he saying? He says, when I tap into this gift, I go into a new level of worship. And he says, I sing in tongues. I sing songs that are full of joy and speakable. 
full of glory. In Acts 2.11, on that wonderful day of Pentecost, it says, it gives all the groups that were there and they're, they're watching these people speak in these languages and they're asking questions. And they're like, what is this? And it says, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own languages the mighty works of God. What were they doing? Those people on the day of Pentecost in the upper room, there were originally 120 people that first received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know what they were doing? They were worshiping in tongues. They were singing out songs describing the glory of God. They were saying great and mighty things about who Jesus is. And I wanna just tell you right now, if you wanna take your worship to a next level, get that spirit man connected with God. Get that spirit man connected to God through the uh, use of your prayer language that you will start worshiping differently. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get honest a little bit. God was calling us deeper today. And we missed it. It's okay, God has grace. But worship in this, chain, worship in this church will change when everybody is filled with the Spirit of God and expecting and not just worshiping the way the natural man but we go deeper. And that's no affront to the people up here. They did their job. It's our job to respond. We gotta lift up our hands. We gotta open up our mouth. This is a collective experience, not a performance. Is anybody with me today? Um, I said that because I, I want us to go deeper. I want us to experience deeper worship. And so, just as in our prayer time, sometimes words will not be adequate. Some Sunday when you're lifting your hands and the words aren't coming from your mind or your mouth, natural way of doing things, it's gonna come from your spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. And we need to worship God in spirit and in truth. All right, so I wanna give us some practical steps right now. How can I experience this? I'm a fill in the blank, and I don't know anything about this. Well, I'm gonna give you some practical steps. First one is this. You have to have a desire for deeper intimacy with Jesus. Very important. This is not about officially becoming Pentecostal. You're missing it. Pentecost is not an organization, it's not a church, it's an experience. And you have to, you can tithe, you can fill out all the stuff, the cards, whatever, we appreciate that. We want you to have an experience with Jesus because that is what it's all about. And so you have to desire deep intimacy. I wanna know God more. I wanna go deeper with Jesus. Maybe some of you are out there and, and you're like, I've been to church my whole life and I've just, my whole life I've known there's gotta be more than this. There's gotta be more than just coming every Sunday and, and doing the stuff and, and, and just, there's gotta be something more. You know what that more is? It's the power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how God directly 
in the church age, he moves through his Holy Spirit to commune with us. Jesus doesn't physically stand in this room. He comes through the power of the Holy Ghost. And if you want more of Jesus, you have to ask, I want your spirit. That's the second thing. Ask Jesus to fill you with his spirit. Right. But I wanna tell you right now, that's the most critical part. Say, Lord, I'm open to whatever this looks like. I'm open to whatever you wanna do. I'm asking you to fill me with your Holy Spirit because I want you. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of dry, dead stuff. God, I want rivers of living water flowing through my life. And here's what happens. As you begin to seek this, you will sense your spirit man. What's your spirit man? It's your soul. It's right here. You'll sense that inner part of you wanting to communicate with God. And you open yourself up. The Holy Spirit will rise up within you. And your spirit man will begin to speak through your vocal cords. Now here's what I wanna tell you. It may, may not sound like the person standing next to you who's been in church for 30 years and it sounds like they speak perfect German. I wanna ask you, when you're born naturally, does it start that way? No. If it sounds clumsy, if it sounds unnatural, that's okay. Just keep pushing through. Just keep speaking. Just keep letting God speak through your spirit. Why? Because that's how the Holy Spirit works.